Hello there, film freaks, movie maniacs, and cinema sickos. Welcome to More Movies Weekly, number 38. That's a lot of cameras. This is the podcast where we like to talk about film, cinema, movies, all of those sort of things. As I've already mentioned, my name is Greg Fisher. His name is David Roberts. How are you doing this week, our Dave? I'm pretty fabulous, sir. How are you? I'm fabulous. All the better for seeing you, my friend. Now, this (laughs) week, we're going to be talking about something we've been looking forward to for a little while here. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. Before we get into the film, let's just talk about the history of the character, how it's sort of built up to this, where we're at with Spider-Man. Is that cool with you? My web-headed friend, is your spider sense tingling? (laughs) Tingling. Okay, so Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man, we can trace the roots all the way back to 1977. We had Nicholas Hammond in the role in the TV series that lasted, I think, until 1981. I am old enough to just about remember this being on TV so I have like a special place in my heart for the old Spider-Man, the really old one. Um, a lot of people see it for what it is, which was pretty terrible. <laughs> um, I just about remember it on TV, but really they played it again in the 90s. They they put there's, those three TV movies. There's the first one, Spider-Man, where he sort of gets bit by the spider. He gets his powers, etc. They did a couple of other films. There was one called Spider-Man Strikes Back in 1978, which was uh, took the action to Los Angeles. Um, and then there was Spider-Man, The Dragon's Challenge. I think they were actually put out as part of the TV series, you know, in separate episodes, but then they sort of like pushed them together and put them out as uh, movies as well. But as I say, very much TV movies. You also had in 1978 a Japanese version of Spider-Man. I didn't find out about this till just about, you know, five or six years ago. And it is absolutely crazy. There was some stuff up on YouTube at the time, like full episodes or films of it. Um, And I watched a couple of them back then. And my mind was blown at the Japanese iteration of it even though it was around the same time as the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man, the Japanese version is even better because they kind of did the Godzilla thing with it. You know, like Spider-Man like, gets in this huge like robot thing. You remember robot jobs and stuff <laughs> like that? And he's fighting with big monsters. It is absolutely Japanese mayhem, but um, a good fun iteration of it um, for the fans. Um, in the 80s and 90s, you had like them trying to develop a script for a Spider-Man live-action film. I think James Cameron was involved in that somewhere, but it could never quite get off the ground. Probably half of that was for legal reasons, you know, um, uh, ownership of the character. Marvel Comics itself was going through a lot of trouble uh, uh, in that time in terms of the rights. But then we finally end up in the early 2000s with the Sam Raimi films. Spider. I don't care. Get out. No, he got my name wrong. Get you out there, you moron. Now, everybody loves the Sam Raimi films, right? Especially the first two. People were a little bit cooler on the third film. You can understand why. It didn't quite hit the mark as well as the other two films did. I enjoyed them. I thought they were great. Toby and Maguire played Spider-Man in those days. You had all the great Spider-Man villains over those three films. You know, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. You had Sandman. You had a version of Venom wasn't so good. That was probably one of the problems with the third film. But still, they did it. It came and went. It was pretty cool. And then after that, uh, they were going to do a fourth film, but for some reason or other, it didn't happen. Sam Raimi dropped out. Tobey Maguire was no longer Spider-Man. And Sony, who owned the rights to it, I think still do, 
produced The Amazing Spider-Man in 2012 with Andrew Garfield in the lead role as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. You had uh, Emma Stone as well in there playing Gwen Stacy, and they did two of those films. They did a follow-up in 2014. wasn't so good. Neither of those films were so good, in our opinion. I remember you saying yeah. you thought... The was, second one is one of the worst films ever made. There we go. You heard it here first. If Dave <laughs> says so, that's what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And yeah, so they it didn't go down so well. They never made a third instalment. Bit of a shame. I found Andrew Garfield was good in the role. Uh, you didn't like him so much in it, I don't think. But I thought he was a good Peter Parker, good Spider-Man. He had that kind of, you know, Spider-Man was always supposed to be this guy who's a young kid and he was like, he was like really cheeky and he and he was witty and he come up with all this stuff when he was fighting people. I thought Garfield was good at all that. Who are you? No one seems to grasp the concept of the mask. Freeze! I just did 80% of your job. Uh, ever since then, obviously, Marvel's had this huge boom uh, in all of their movies, uh, starting with Iron Man, and then you get through eventually to the Avengers films. And the first time we see the new Spider-Man appear is in Captain America Civil War, uh, which was 2016. It was the third Captain America film. Basically, all the good guys are fighting each other over what's right, wrong, whatever. And Spider-Man uh, suddenly appears, uh, played by Tom Holland, our very own Tom Holland. Um, and that's the first time we've seen him. Obviously, this then um, spun off into his own film, which was Spider-Man Homecoming. And then we had Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. And now that brings us all the way up to date with Spider-Man No Way Home in 2021. An honourable mention, of course, we've had in between Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I did a review for that film on our website. I'll put a link to it below because that sort of goes over my sort of thoughts on the character in the film so far. And a lot of the stuff I've just said is kind of in there in one way or another. If you want to see the Japanese Spider-Man, that's in there, the Nicholas Hammond films, etc. Go and have a look at that if you're a big fan of Spider-Man and interested in what I had to say about it all outside of this podcast. But yeah, there we go. Uh, we're up to date with Spider-Man, pretty much. There's a couple more Spider-Verse movies in the pipes. One of them's going to be released this year. That's... Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 and then Across the Spider-Verse Part 2 will come in 2023. They're not out yet. We'll cover them when they are. But um, you had not seen Spider-Man Homecoming or Spider-Man Far From Home last week before we were about to go and see the new film because, ladies and gentlemen, Dave is just not a major Spider-Man fan or superheroes <laughs> fan or comic book movies fan, and that's fair enough. A lot of people aren't. But he is not so prejudiced that he won't entertain watching these films. So you went back and you watched Far From Home and Homecoming. Not in that order, of course. You watched them in chronological order. The right way, bro. <laughs> uh, what did you think of those? Yeah, it's interesting because, of course, uh, the original Spider-Man films, uh, as you mentioned, um, Sam Raimi films, the, uh, you know, that's what I grew up with. Um, yeah. It came back when I was about 10, um, 11, something like that. So they, they were the kind of my precious memories of what Spider-Man is, and I really enjoyed the first two uh, of them. Um, 
as you say, Amazing Spider-Man, I'm not so keen on. Um, but I've been meaning for a long time to, to watch these Tom Holland ones. Of course, I've seen clips and stuff like that, uh, you know, as you do. And you've and seen I, him in I, some of the Avengers movies because we've been Exactly. We went to watch the Avengers together, didn't we, at the cinema, and I saw him in that appearing, you know, mm-hmm. Tony Stark <laughs> and all that uh, rubbish, you know. But... Um, <laughs> So, but I thought I'll give it a chance because I do like Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, I think he's a he's an interesting young actor, very handsome young actor as well. So it's always a delight to to watch him. And I, I thought let's give it a go because um, people love it and um, obviously want to watch this. So I want to watch them to, to know where we are. Where the hell are we? So yeah, I watched Homecoming first. Uh, interesting film. Uh, I think it's a good performance. Um, it's an interesting kind of uh, start to it. I appreciated the fact that um, this time round, we didn't go over how we get to Spider-Man, you know, the bitten by a spider, blah, 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 all that kind of, the, the background that's been done to death because every time they do it, they seem to have to go back over um, the origins of the character. Um, I'm glad in this one, we kind of just skip past that. Let's get going, you know, kind of thing. And I, I really like that because it's like we all know the story. We don't want to see the same story again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really appreciated that fact. I think his uh, crew is great. Um, the Ned, um, great character, um, very funny. Um, interesting to have um, Aunt May played by, uh, seemingly to me anyway, a much younger um actress yeah marissa um, to my in these ones yeah a very different kind of portrayal from yeah the older absolutely um, a milf really um <laughs> whereas she's always been a silver-haired old granny in the, in the comics and in the other films they that's it they they made everything a little bit younger for the new films including aunt may the best thing about the first one for me was uh, Michael Keaton there as uh, Vulture, which was super cool. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I love Michael Keaton and it's such a great performance and, and quite terrifying. And an interesting um, kind of story they were they were telling. Yeah. Um, then we get to the second one, and I think that's really where actually the the it solidifies itself. Yeah. Um, I, you can see a bit. It's a bit nervous in that first one. The second one really goes for it, um, and we get. Um, Zendaya's character, um, MJ, um, finding out who Spider-Man is and the kind of confession uh, going on there and sets all that up. Uh, you know, they're, they're across in Europe traveling, which was quite fun and different um, on holiday. And, of course, we get um, old Twitchy um, himself. <laughs> Jake Jellybean. Play- Jake Jellybean playing, playing the bad guy. Um uh, and obviously big showdown and all, you know, and obviously it's coming off the tales of the Avengers and Tony Stark's dead and all that um, storyline. So it's all interconnected. Yeah. Uh, and that worked quite well. Um, but I, I guess because I've seen Avengers, it, it works a bit better. I imagine if you hadn't seen it, you'd be going, what the bloody hell is yeah. this all about? Uh, They're all legacy now. If, if, if you're missing any of the pieces, it can get confusing. That That's it. Um, but, very enjoyable. Nice that it kind of ended uh, as it did with um, J.K. Simmons coming back from the original Spider-Man films as uh, Jonah Jameson to give the kind of news that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, you know. Uh, and that's, of course, exactly where we lead into with 
No way home. You know, that little nod to um, the state of play at the moment with all these kind of, you know, uh, fake news figures, because that's basically what they've turned him into, which is a great mod- yeah. modernization of that character. He's no longer this sort was. of newspaper chief, which is a bit old hat and old school. He's like one of these uh, right wing sort of fake news um, online internet um, pundits, which was really funny. It's perfect for that sort of character, really. It was. I definitely thought Alex Jones. It was like a conspiracy theory channel, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, mm. this is that's exactly what it needs to be now, doesn't Spitting it? Spitting bile out <laughs> over the internet. But yeah, brilliant. There we are. The, it brings it up to date. Uh, at the start, the world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That's causing him all sorts of problems, of course. Um, so... Long story short, he seeks the help of uh, everybody's favorite wizard, uh, Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, and basically that opens the multiverse. So characters from the previous Spider-Man films, the Sam Raimi films and the Mark Webb films, which was the Andrew Garfield two, they start to pour in to Tom Holland's universe of Spider-Man, I suppose. Um which is a really interesting thing to for them to do. I mean, if you don't love this sort of stuff, uh, this Marvel stuff, you're not going to like it anyway. But if you do, if you are a fan of it, or at least like yourself, you've got a, a you know a sort of cursory interest in it, and that you'll dip your toe in the water. I thought this was a really great thing to do because it's it's basically a bridge between these these last twenty years that have gone by. Like you said, you were a kid when the Sam Raimi films come out. Um, and everybody remembers them and, and loves them. And then the Andrew Garfield ones, they weren't so great, but they do have their fans. Some people love those movies and did love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And they felt a little bit um, cheated out of the fact that there wasn't a third installment. So, you know, this was the thing beforehand, wasn't it, as well? They kept it as as much of a secret as possible. Were Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire going to be in it? Because when the teaser came out, everybody saw Alfred Molina, Doc Ock's back, and we even heard the Green Goblin laughing in the background. So we thought, well, Willem Dafoe sounds like he's back as well. So not only are those two, those two back for this movie, but we also had Jamie Foxx returning as Max Dillon, Electro, otherwise known as. We also had The Sandman, Thomas Hayden Church there coming back uh, from Spider-Man 3. Um, we had Reese fans, our own Reese fans, uh, coming back as Dr. Kurt Connors, the lizard. And then the other thing we get is the big reveal that, yes, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come back into it, which was like, whoa, for a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think? As a, as a kind of like not a super fan, not a sort of like major Marvel nut, what did, what kind of job did you think they'd done of this, you know? I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because this is something that I think we talked about this uh, after the trailer last year that this is the kind of thing that you can fuck up very easily and um, with too much going on and trying to cram it all in, you could you, this could end up being a mess. And luckily, it didn't. Now, was it perfect? No. They, they, you know, could they do things better? Of course. But um, the focus on it being more about the bad guys coming back was probably the best thing for it. Um, because that's more interesting. That's your antagonists and kind of having a collective. To be honest, the Spider-Man coming back, it's nice for five minutes. Um it doesn't really do much after that. Um, 
but then I, I guess the thing is what are you meant to do it's not that um interesting the thing there's a few interesting moments but then it just becomes okay there's free spider-man okay it's a little bit um strange especially with them being so alike mm -hmm. um you know different in that spider-verse animated film where each version was very distinct mm -hmm. uh, in their portrayals whereas this it was like just three dudes well, it, it's three dudes, you know, chilling in a hot basically, tub, five feet apart because yeah. they're not gay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but basically, being this, it's just the same character, isn't it? And so it's um, it's the same character at different ages. You know, Tobey Maguire now yeah. is like mid forties, and you know, uh, a little bit older. And um, Andrew Garfield, you know, take ten years off that, and then ten years off again, you've got Tom Holland. I think that was a surprise when Tobey Maguire walks in. I did kind of think, fucking hell, lady. You kind of forget how old he is, but because of, you know, I guess we haven't seen him for years. He hasn't done much, and uh, he hasn't done much. So the kind of memory in my head is of him twenty years ago, and then I see him walk out on screen. And I think, oh, that's not the Tommy I remember. But, uh, <laughs> he didn't look that bad. He was all right. He didn't. No, it's just a bit of a shock, you know. I enjoyed that element to it. I enjoyed the fact that they brought those guys in more for Andrew Garfield than anything, because he's the one I think that got the rough end of the stick with it. Because as I say, I enjoyed his performance as Spider-Man. So when he turned up, it was kind of nice in a way. He, he, he did a nice job. Some of the humor uh, landed very well and was quite funny. You know, the interaction between the three guys playing Spider-Man and, you know, there's going to be some some laughs in there. Some of it, not so much. Some of it was a little bit sort of fell flat. I thought, you know, just wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, I thought, like you said, I agree with you that bringing back the older villains was a great, a great part of it. Jamie Foxx, I thought, was really funny in it, really cool in it as well. This one, they portrayed him as much cooler guy like Jamie Foxx is, really. You know, it's just like, yeah. hey, I'm I'm pretty super cool here, and and that whole I'm I'm cool in this universe, you know, was was a was a funny element. It, it, there was loads of great humor for his character there. Um, Alfred Molina was excellent. I thought he had quite a large role in it. Actually, he's the first it one is. that you see, um, and and you know he was a nutter in it. Of course, still absolute balmy, but mad as a box yeah. of frogs, and and that came across really well. Uh, Willem Dafoe. We are massive fans of Willem Dafoe here on the More Movies channel, and it was so good to see him. He had quite a bit of a role as well. I was quite surprised yeah. actually how much of of a you know he was almost the main antagonist. There's a moment we won't spoil in there, but there's a moment in there that something happens and he goes a bit dark for hmm. a, a few moments, and that was when it was like, yes, there's gravitas here. Yeah, um, I got to say, for the first forty five minutes of it, I was sitting in the chair giggling away, uh, elated at the. Uh, what was happening on screen, the relationships between the characters. I mean, straight away, we go straight in, as you say, from the end of the last film. Everyone knows he's Spider-Man. The police are surrounding his house. J. Jonah Jameson's back. There was a lot of humour to be had from all of that, which was kind of nice. Overall, I thought they did a great job of it. As you'd expect, the special effects and everything were absolutely par excellence. Uh, I think one thing I'd like to bring up, we were both a little bit disappointed not to see some sort of version of Miles Morales. Yeah, so that was one of the, the contentious bits for me because we spoke actually really before the film about, oh, it's a perfect opportunity to introduce that because we think that's where the franchise from a live-action perspective should go next. Definitely. Um, and uh, looking uh, at... The, there was a moment in the film, wasn't there, where Electro 
is talking to Andrew Garfield and he's taking off the mask and he says, oh, I thought, I thought you'd be black, um, which was a really funny line and a funny moment. Yeah. And it was that moment in the film I was sitting there going, ah, yeah. is this what we're going to get? Is it, you know, five yeah. minutes time that going to introduce him? But they never did. No. And I thought, hmm, maybe an opportunity missed. Yeah. And, Either uh, that or I they're think... just saving him, you know, because they've got obviously pushing that character out with the animated films, the Spider-Verse films. So we may see him yet. We may. It, it, the only thing is when we talked about the ending, which we won't spoil, but, like, you know, it, it does kind of wrap up nicely, but you always have a kind of tingling feeling that they still want to do Spider-Man 4 with Tom Holland, and you kind of feel this ended in a way that allowed you to close the door on that. And yeah. And do it successfully else. and walk away from yeah. it as a, as a successful trilogy. I mean, talking of uh, myself being an uh, older and a fan of the original, original Spider-Man, I was disappointed not to see Nicholas Hammond in there somewhere. (laughs) I mean, Nicholas Hammond was in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He played Sam Wanamaker, the director of the Western that Rick Dalton is starring in. Uh, Other than that and Spider-Man, he was known as one of the Von Trapp children in um, the original Sound of Music film. Um, not a widely known actor otherwise, but I think a talented actor. And so he was great in the Tarantino film. It would have been fantastic to bring him in uh, here, but it didn't happen for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, there we go. I think uh, I, I'd give this like an eight on 10 or a four on five or whatever you want to say. I agree with you. It's not perfect, but as a popcorn movie to go and enjoy something um, on this scale and see all of those guys come back, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molinar, Jamie Foxx, the rest of it, even Rissa Vans in there at the end. It was great. It was good fun. There were a few grown moments, but you get them anyway. And overall, you know, one of the better Spider-Man films, I'd say. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. It didn't, you know, disappoint. They didn't make a mess of it, which was the kind of the way you get into it. And uh, yeah, I, you know... I'm saying, you know, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. I'm not a huge Marvel fan, uh, really, you know, but I like to dip in. And this was a great, fun movie, really. And that's, yeah, that's where it sits, really. Fair enough. What do you think at home watching this? Are you fans of Spider-Man, of Tom Holland's Spider-Man, of any of the iterations of Spider-Man? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. It'd be great to hear from you. If you've watched this film and enjoyed it, let us know what you thought. But there we go. That's our take on Spider-Man No Way Home. So, Dave, the other week we were talking about the SAG Award nominations that were announced. Since then, we've had the BAFTA nominations announced. That is obviously uh, the British version of the Oscars. Very British affair. Um, (laughs) So I thought uh, this week we'd have a quick look over those. By the time this podcast is released on Friday, we will have had the Oscar nominations. So maybe we'll cover them next week as a follow-up and see how they all correlate. But, um, yes, let's go on with the show and have a look at the BAFTA noms for 2022. Okay, so for best film, the nominations we've got are Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh film. We still haven't seen this yet. I've heard good things about it, though. I am keen to see it. We will definitely be covering it in one form or another on the channel here in the coming month. Then there's Don't Look Up, the Adam McKay film. We both enjoyed. You did a great review of that. We'll put a link in the description below. It's here on the channel. Check out Dave's review. Uh, Then we've got Dune. Dune, uh, nominated for best film. What do you reckon about that? I, I find quite surprising. Um, in fact, Dune's been nominated for 11 awards at, at this 
this time, and and that's the the most nominated film this time. And I'm a bit shocked, really, because usually something like Dune would not be. I would think anyway would be nominated, although mm. it's uh, a worthy contender. I think. Contenders ready. Yeah, it was very well done for a genre, but it is science yeah. fiction pulp genre in that sense, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see it uh, shortlisted for best film in that sense. It's usually the more dramatic films. Anyway, moving on, we've got Licorice Pizza, which is the Paul Thomas Anderson film that we're both dying to see and we haven't seen yet. And then we've got The Power of the Dog. So in the best supporting actress uh, nominations, we've got Catriona uh, Belfi, uh, Belfast. Yeah, she was uh, also nominated in the SAGs in the same category. Jessie Buckley in The Lost Daughter. We got Ariana DeBose uh, from West Side Story. Also nominated in the SAGs. And Dowd from Mass. Now, it's nice to which, see her in there, isn't it? Because yeah, we covered that the other week. Yeah, we talked right about that the uh, in a previous podcast. Go check it out. Again, link in the description below. We've got Anjanu Alice uh, for King Richard. Another um, one we haven't seen yet. Yeah, we've not had a chance to watch that one yet. And we've got Ruth Nager for Passing. Yeah, also, again, nominated in the SAGs. So, I mean, that's packed through film, packed with films apart from Mass that we haven't seen yet. So, again, just yeah. another list of stuff to catch up on. Obviously, we're dying to watch West Side Story as well. Uh, uh, speaking of which, in the best supporting actor category, we've got Mike Feist uh, for West Side Story, uh, Kieran Hines for Belfast, um, Troy Kutzer for Coda, which we also talked about when we did the SAG nominations. He was the deaf actor who played the father in Coda. Very good performance there. Great to see him nominated at the BAFTAs again. Um, Woody Norman for Come On, Come On. I don't know much about that film, but I did see it the other day. It's got Yaquin Phoenix in it uh, with yeah. some young kid. Is that Woody Norman, possibly, the young kid? I don't know. It's, possibly. It's a film I'm going to have to look into and check out. And then you've got two nominations for The Power of the Dog. You've got Jesse Plements who played the brother George in uh, the movie. And you've got Cody Smith McPhee, who played the son, the teenage son. So they are both nominated for the same film um, in the Best Supporting Actor category. With this, the slash you mean, it's you consider me the best actor slash model and not the other way around. And so for the big ones, we've got uh, in the Best Leading Actress category, Lady Gaga is up for House of Gucci. We have um, now seen this film. Big nomination. Um, great. She was great in it. Ones. I thought she was great yeah. in it. We've got Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza. Yeah. Um, which, of course, we're still down to see. We've got Amelia Jones uh, for Coda. Brilliant. I'm uh, so glad Coda's getting some action from the BAFTAs because that's a film everyone should see. It was really good. It is. It was a good film. We covered it last year on the podcast. The link in the description below. Uh, again, but it was really great and some great performances, so it is nice to see it up there. Yeah. We've got Renata Rainsford, the worst person in the world. I don't, don't even know, know which film, film that is. No, we no. have to look up. Put it on the list. We got Joanna Scanlon after Love, and we got Tessa Thompson in Passing. So after Love and the Worst Person in the World, I'm gonna to have to look into those films because I don't really know much about them. I'll look into it. Let's do the leading actors then. We've got Adil Akhtar in Ali and Ava. Um, we also have Mahershala Ali nominated for Swan Song. I haven't seen that yet. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. No surprise there that Benedict's nominated. Leonardo DiCaprio has been nominated for Don't Look Up. Uh, 
Stephen Graham for Boiling Point. Now, there's a film we both watched recently. I thought it was fantastic. He's a scouser. I'd love to see Stevie G win that one, take it home. So would I. I'm biased. I don't mind saying it. And also Will Smith for King Richard, another film we haven't seen yet. So a little bit different there um, for the guys. Um, Mahershala Ali is always impressive. So I'm interested to see Swan Song, see that performance and what's going on there. I don't know much about Ali and Ava, I'm afraid. No, it's an interesting selection. I'm surprised DiCaprio in there, to be honest, because I I enjoyed Don't Look Up, but I wouldn't say it was like any kind of special performance myself cute special um i thought benedict was fantastic in power of the dog we were both saying uh after the film how much of a bastard he is in it um really interesting uh performance so um kind of expected um but lovely to see Stephen Graham in there. As you say, we watched it recently. Brilliant film. I love it. Really Stephen good film. We'll, we'll have to cover that one way or another in the coming weeks because uh, yeah. you love a good British drama. It's all done in one shot as well. Um, over like a uh, you know, 90-minute film, all one long shot. Brilliant film. Great performance from Stephen Graham. Um, no uh, Timothy Chalamet there. So going back to what we were saying about Dune having 11 nominations across the awards, uh, I it... None of the other actors got nominated. There was no um, anybody, no Zendaya, no uh, no nothing. Uh, talking of, um, we've been talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. It has got some award nominations across some of the other major awards, uh, but none for the BAFTAs because apparently it didn't come out in time on video on demand for it to be, um, you know, considered, reviewed by the by the people that decide these things so no uh nominations whatsoever for spider-man at the baftas i'd be surprised if there were to be honest though imagine that best film spider-man no way home (laughs) what's going on here (laughs) are we still british the value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film for example uh, the marvel type pictures where where the theaters become amusement parks but yeah, yeah, it looks like Dune's been nominated in things like uh, screenplay and score and cinematography and costume design. That's it, art design, so, set direction, you know, costume, makeup. That's the kind of special effects. Which I can see it picking up a lot of those categories, actually. Um, yeah, well, it did deserve it. It was very impressive looking film. Yeah. But I'm not surprised to to not see any of the actors nominated. Not that they were bad in it. It's just that it's, it's not... You know some some really great dramas in there like Power of the Dog and stuff. It's it it doesn't measure up to dramatic performances like that. It's a different yeah, different type certainly. of film. It is, and it's a, it's what they go for, isn't it? It's as you say, it's just surprising to be honest. See some of them in the best film category because the big what, time. What is usually picked is uh, is more the dramatic stuff, you know. Yeah, but there we go. Interesting to see. That's, uh, I think the awards are in March at some point, as they all are. I think the Oscars is in March as well, so they're usually all around the same time. be interesting to pick up on, um, see what, what the Oscar nominations come out next week. Yeah. That's it. Well, so if we go over them next week and um, we can sort of measure them up as to what we've unearthed so far with the BAFTAs and the SAG Awards, it'll definitely give us an indication of, um, you know, we can start. We can start yeah. choosing our picks, really, for the Oscars. I think. Take your pick, Mr. Waters. 
But there we go. Uh, are you a fan of the BAFTAs? Do you ever watch the BAFTA Awards? We have it over here in the UK, whether it uh, travels over to the continent in Europe or over the pond to Americas. I don't know. Probably not interested much, are they? But we have some things happen over the years sometimes. It's like, ooh, interesting. Usually, again, a good um, indication of what might or might not happen at the Oscars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. That's the BAFTAs 2022 nominations from us. That just leaves us enough time to let you know what we've been up to elsewhere on the internet this week. Uh, we have a reaction video for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, which is due on Netflix 2022. It's imminent. It's going to be out soon. So if you want to see Dave and I react to the trailer for that, then link in the description below. And this week I've done a review of Heat, which you can find up here on the channel and also on the website. The link is in the description down below. And we have an article published on the website this week, our top five Peter Bogdanovich films. Peter Bogdanovich obviously passed away recently. We uh, talked about him and Sidney Poitier a few podcasts back because they both passed away in the same week. So we sort of had a little bit of a tribute to them there. And there we go, the follow-up article, our top five Peter Bogdanovich films can be looked at on our website, link in the description below. Go and check it out, see which ones we picked. Absolutely. And remember, if you want to listen to us on the go, maybe, or just in audio format only, you can check us out across all the different podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple. Um, so you can check that out. We've got a link in the description down below to help with that. And don't forget to join us on social media. We are at More Movies For You across most of the usual platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, etc. And you can also join us on Discord. We have a Discord server. Again, a link in the description below if you want to come and have a chat with us over there. That's all there. And if you enjoy what we're doing and you'd like to support us, we're on Buy Me A Coffee, uh, where you can jump on and buy us a latte or cappuccino for the week uh, and support what we're doing over here. Of course, uh, you know, it all helps to keep the lights on and the electricity running uh, to help us do this podcast. Um, so we really appreciate any support. And of course, uh, you can also join us on Patreon and become a patron. Join one of the packages there and you can vote on which films we discuss sometimes and see uh, content you won't see anywhere else. That's it. And that's it for this week. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, if you're a first time viewer, then come back again next week. Check out the channel. We've got loads of videos on there, loads of film reviews, reactions, all sorts. Go check it out. If you love movies, you're in the right company because we love movies too. But that's it for number 38, Dave. I think we are out of here. Any final thoughts before we go? Just, uh, you know, there's, there's no way home. No way. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. That's it for this video. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. And remember to like, share and subscribe right here on YouTube. For more film reviews and articles, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And join us on social media, at moremovies4u. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all across the board, you know the score. If you enjoy what we do, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com or join us on one of our packages on Patreon. The links are in the description down below. And for more film-tastic content, click one of the buttons on screen now.